Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Good News Podcast. This is an episode that you are going to be so glad you're checking out. I'm going to tell you right now, this is someone who we have to have back on the Good News Podcast again. I was blown away by the depth of this person's life and work. This is this is Dwayne Gibson, D.O. Gibson, and he is traveling the world, literally traveling the world, sharing a message through rap with young people. And uh, there's just so much to this guy. You're going to you're going to love this one. Hey, and don't 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 go anywhere. Stick in right to the very end because it's so cool. At the end, he does a rap very spontaneously to close off our conversation. So friends, honestly, fasten your seatbelts. Get ready. This is a good one. Let's dive in. Uh, hey everyone, welcome to the Good News Podcast and uh, really glad you could join us for this conversation. This is a new friend, someone who I have come to admire and respect and and really love who he is. This is Dwayne Gibson or D.O. We all use, a, use that. Yeah. Both. We'll actually maybe get in that and where, where that comes from. But uh, Dwayne, love, love what you're doing these days. You, you, God has given you a platform to share some pretty important messages. And just, just curious on how it all got started. How, 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 did you, how did you get to where you are today, man? Sounds like a loaded question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how much time we have? Yeah. Um, as a kid growing up, I was in Stratford, Ontario, and this is the 80s. And I remember watching much music Okay. and seeing hip hop and I fell in love with DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Will Smith. And so I remember my first concert, I was in grade six and my dad took me to go see mm. Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And I just remember Will Smith being up there on the microphone and I'm just a kid and my dad's sitting in the back. Cool. It's a club, but it was all ages, but I'm clearly the, the only 12 year old in the wow. building. But just seeing the way he controlled the crowd made me want to do that. So. I would begin writing my own raps and then I'd start performing them when I was in high school and people liked them. So it's just something you pursue a little bit yeah. more. And then when I graduated from university, I said, you know, I'm going to take a shot at this. Yeah. I produced um, a music video and we were able to get it on much music. And that was a huge start for like really launching me because now my music is being played across the country mm. and it made me realize, okay, this is good, but what, am I going to do next mm. and trying to navigate that and, and trying to navigate the music business? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. So it's one thing to like rap, have a passion for mm. rap. Like I, I think lots of people, lots of young mm. people, especially have that desire, but for you to experience that kind of success mm. fairly quickly, it sounds like eh? Mm -hmm. um, what, 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 do you remember back to what that was like for you? Just, just really, really wondering um, before, again, even before you got to where you're today, like you had to, had to take so many steps to get to where mm -hmm. you are today, right? It doesn't, yeah. it's a process, I, I suspect. Um, and we kind of fast forward in, in the story here, but what was it like uh, along along the way? Like, how, how are you feeling? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when when this was happening, scared, excited, like what, what, what was going on for you as you took each step along the way? And maybe what were some of the, some of the significant steps that really, yeah, were really big steps for you? think all those emotions. Cause yeah. I think about when I made that music video, Yeah, I was so excited to do it. I had a big video yeah. shoot. We shot on film, which was a big deal back then okay. because you know, video quality, if, if you're just using a camcorder per se, wasn't going to match film. But after doing the music video, the next day I woke up with that mm. feeling in the pit of my stomach. Like, what did I just do? Mm -hmm. Is this going to be a failure? And 
because some of my friends even were like, I don't think it's going to turn out good. Yeah. You should have done this. You should have done that. So that's when I realized you have to question yourself, but you have to keep on moving forward. Mm. Because I think the hardest thing about the music business is there's no guideline. Mm -hmm. And being a Canadian artist, especially a rapper back then, there's not a lot of people I could follow. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, you know, mimic someone else's career. And then on top of that, I didn't grow up in Toronto. So I'm living in Toronto, but I'm an outsider mm -hmm. to the hip hop community here because I'm not from Scarborough or Mississauga yeah. or Brampton, right? So I had to navigate the politics yeah. of the music business as well. But with that said, it's always excitement mm -hmm. because what I loved about those early performances were how things didn't go right. Mm. So I'm in Guelph in mm. 1999 and I have a burnt CD on my beats and I give it to the sound man and everything works for the sound check. But then I get up there and DJ play the songs. CD doesn't work. No. And there's a whole crowd. And this is one of my first big performances. So what do you do? <laughs> so I just say, give me something to rap about. And somebody yelled out something, give me something else. I took three topics and I just created a freestyle and I won the crowd over. And by the time I won the crowd over, I saw the thumbs up from the sound man. The beats played. The show was great. Oh, no way. <laughs> but I, I mean, I could tell you stories like that all the time. I'd be at McMaster University at a halftime at a basketball game and same thing. CD doesn't work. So I have to win the crowd over. <laughs> and um, I think those challenges really make you, we call it being an MC. Mm. Because when I started rapping, I learned about how hip hop is a culture. And there's elements in hip hop, mm. whether it's rapping or DJing or break dance or graffiti or beatboxing. But there's a difference between being a rapper and being an MC. Mm. And a rapper, when they're performing, they're doing rap. Mm -hmm. But rapping, being a rapper is about telling your own personal story, your truth. But being an MC means being a master of ceremonies mm. and moving the crowd. Mm. So, I learned how to be an MC, hmm. and I feel bad for a lot of kids that are coming up now that want to be rappers, especially during the last two years of COVID. Yeah, They might know how to write a rap. They might perform it in their bedroom, but it's a whole different ballpark when you're in front of a crowd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how are you going to win that crowd over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. Now, what, what you've just described, many people would, would be very afraid of, of being in front of a crowd of, mm. of and, and it's interesting, interesting like, like, from those those first days when you saw Will Smith, you saw him just have have the audience in his mm -hmm. hand and just being connecting. I think connecting, yeah, yeah, connecting, right? And so you've you've had this desire to connect. Um, but what like what would you say has been part of your life to to enable you to be able to do that? Because a lot of people mm -hmm. would 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 be very afraid to do that. Like some people probably just mm -hmm. freaking out just even hearing this. Like right. like like this experience of you know the, the CD not playing and what yeah. are we going to do? But but you you were you had the 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 poise to mm -hmm the presence to use that moment and, and actually probably deepen your connection mm -hmm. because it was so spontaneous and everyone else had to help you out a little, little bit. Yeah. But where, like, yeah, where does that, where does that come from? Do you think about your life? Do you think about your giftedness? Because I think that's a, that's a beautiful, rare, uh, unique gift. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it comes from being a PK. Yeah. A preacher's okay. kid. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Cause I remember when we moved from Toronto, 
and I was four years old and we moved to Stratford, Ontario. And when we got to the new church, they do like a greeting and in the basement, you know, coffee and cookies and, and everybody's coming up to me calling me Dwayne. I'm like, I don't know who you are, (laughs) you know, and not to mention the fact that I'm black. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My dad's black. My mom is white, but these older white people that know who I am. And at first I thought it was weird, but then I realized, okay, this is, I've got to adapt. So when we moved to Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, when I'm in grade seven, I was able to deal with that. And when we moved to Sarnia, Ontario, I had mastered it at that point. So being a stranger and walking into an environment and having to control yourself and having to interact with people that was scary at the mm-hmm. time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So being on the mic, that's that's the easy part now. Mm. Mm. You kind of got used to it. Yeah. Just the, your environments where you're meeting people and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. meeting people yeah. of diverse backgrounds. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think that's an important thing for me is um, I love listening to people's stories. Like my, my aunt and uncle just got here from Nova Scotia yesterday. And nice. my uncle is telling me all these stories yesterday about him playing hockey. Mm. And when he was a kid, telling me stories when he was 11, 13, and he's a defenseman, so he had to skate backwards, and, and I had to do this on cool. the court, because there wasn't a lot of black kids playing hockey, but there was. We were playing on the pond, and I, I'm taking notes, because I'm like, you know what? This, this could be a great song, yeah. you know? But I don't have to talk about myself, and, oh, I just took this trip, or I'm performing this song. I love genuinely listening to people and their stories. Mm. And then um, I guess the selfish part is I'm like, maybe there's a song in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? So, okay. But I don't consider that selfish per se. Sure, yeah. But, like, yeah. but part of that attentive listening is like, hmm, I wonder who else could relate to something like this. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, just go back to being a PK. Just sure. Hear, yeah, yeah. So um, sometimes that can be the best of times mm-hmm. for some people. And there's some amazing stories about people who grew up as a pastor's kid and yeah. loved it. And sometimes it can be the worst of times for lots of different reasons. What, what was, what was your experience, uh, like growing mm-hmm. up yeah, as, as, a, as, as your dad being a pastor? Mm-hmm. Well, especially when we were in Stratford, cause there was a manse. Okay. So our house is right beside the church. So you're like just connected to the church and Obviously, you're going to church every Sunday, but as a kid, you don't want to go to church mm-hmm. every Sunday. Like, you don't. But I love taking my kids to church this weekend because it's one of the few times that they have where they're not connected to their device. Mm. <laughs> it's such a huge thing. Yeah, now. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it reminded me of me because I remember being a kid and being in church, and my dad would do a sermon. And sometimes, you know, I'm daydreaming. Mm. But the thing that I look back at now, now that I speak to youth, I know kids aren't listening to everything I said. They're daydreaming, but they're thinking about, you know, the right things. Mm. Or there's something mm-hmm. in that sermon that takes me back and it's like, oh, mm. huh. And um, to me, that's what I, I loved about being in church is my dad is one of those preachers that he'll say something at the beginning of a sermon and he'll be like, okay where are you going with this? Mm, mm-hmm, okay. How mm-hmm. are you? But then he'd always find a way to make it make sense by the end of it. Mm. Cause he's a great storyteller. And of course there would be a Bible message involved, sure. but I just liked his ability to tell those stories and, and bring them all the way back. 
Mm, very cool. Very cool. That's awesome. I'm sure your your dad and your mom must be real proud of what you're doing these days. <laughs> I got to think, hey, that's 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 yeah. cool. That's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, you mentioned about your parents being interracial. Yeah, yeah. And and just what was what what has that experience been like for you? I know I know sometimes uh, depending on where we are, especially yeah. in our country, it can be a challenging uh, reality. Mm -hmm. it, it can be, but I never really felt like that. Yeah, cool. Because I think one of the greatest things my parents did when I was a kid is is the summers. Mm. Um, one week I would fly out to Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, and see my grandparents there. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather worked in the steel plant. He'd been in World War II. And Whitney Pier in, in Sydney is known as one of the most, if not the most diverse areas in Canada mm. because of that steel plant. Mm. You'd have, you know, our house was right beside the Ukrainian Hall. And, mm. you know, you'd have Italians and Polish. And nice. so I grew up having that experience. But then I also had the experience of, I mean, you can't do this nowadays, but I'd be nine years old taking a flight from Toronto by myself to Saskatoon. And I don't even remember like a flight attendant, like escorting me off the plane. And there used to be these big escalator all the way down and you could see everyone. And I just see a, see a white people because I'm in Saskatoon. And I'm like, I hope my grandparents are here, but they would be there and we'd drive up to Prince Albert. And I had those experiences with that side of the mm. family. And um, I never looked at, like, do I have to choose? Am I black or am I white? Yeah. Um, even my mother, you know, she always identified me as a black kid. I have a white mother, but I, I never really said I'm mixed. Mm -hmm. I said I'm black. And it's because of going across to Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan with my mother when immigration pulls us in and accuses my mom of kidnapping me. Mm. This isn't really your mother, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like, and really? that happened. Yeah. And, oh. and we, we don't have a cell phone in 1992. No. So like, how do you prove mm. like, like mm -hmm. this? And then eventually, you know, I forget how it got resolved, but they apologize. But, you know, just that feeling of what do you mean that this woman isn't my mother? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, my mother, you know, use it as a teaching lesson and mm. she always would. So while my mom is white and my dad is black, I don't have any hangups of who I am. Yeah. I, I love being both. Mm -hmm. And I love awesome. more than that, just being a Canadian yeah. is yeah. what I meant by that story is having those times in Nova Scotia, mm -hmm. going with my parents up to Montreal, going to Expo 86 in a mobile home and seeing my cousins in Edmonton and then going to see my family, my aunt and uncle cool. on a farm in, in Vancouver. Like, so uh, I love having that Canadian experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. cool. That's so awesome. Um, the, the experience that you talked about with with your mom getting stopped at the the border yeah. there. Yeah, um, I, I I suspect that that's that is also part of one's reality. Uh, mm -hmm. And our, and and we we keep working towards equality and trying to fight this stuff for, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, as I've looked at some of the stuff that you're doing these days, uh, Dwayne, mm -hmm. um, anti-black racism certainly yeah. is a piece of that and, and grateful for that. And just, just really appreciate the work you're doing there. What, what, just, just maybe talk a bit about what, what that kind of work is like for you when you're talking to young people, some of the sure. messaging you're trying to get across. Um, my sense is I love this. Uh, I think it's, it's accurate that you're not a guy that just talks about it. you're living it too. You know yeah. what I mean? And so what do you, what do you, how you living in a way that are trying to bring these, this change and reconciliation and 
equality, which, mm. which I think we all want to be striving for and hopefully are. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, everybody talks about George Floyd mm. and Black Lives Matter and a couple summers ago, just kind of an awakening. Mm -hmm. But I didn't wake up then. Mm. I wasn't woke. No, no. I started doing Black Canadian history shows in 2002, oh. going into schools. And I remember for about 15 years, eventually I'd say to kids, I feel like I can predict the future. Hmm. And they'd be like, what, what are you talking about? Mm. I have a PowerPoint. So I say, when you think of black history, who do you think of? Martin Luther King. Of course, yeah. Uh, is there anybody else you guys think of? Rosa Parks. Mm. I said, I told you I could predict the future, right? Watch what I put on the screen next. And it's Martin Luther King. Mm. And everyone's like, whoa, like, how did you do that? And who was the other person? Mm. Click, Rosa Parks. Parks. And the point to that is, for so many years, when people think about black history, they just think about Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. And I'd say to kids, what country do they come from? America. What country do we live in? Canada. You guys know anything about black Canadian history? So I created Black Canadian 365. Cool. And I talked about stories from Nova Scotia. And... The, the most popular one is about Viola Desmond, a black woman that went to a movie theater and tried to sit down in the main area, but was told to sit in the balcony. And mm. when she refused, they threw her out on the street. She spent the night in jail and she was charged with a crime, tax evasion. When I say tax evasion to kids, they're like, what? I, mean, I thought it was because she was black. Well, there was more money to pay in tax to sit in the balcony than to sit in the main area. Mm. But one of my favorite things about the story is, I say to kids, how much do you think was the difference in tax? Sit in the balcony, sit in the main area. They're kids. So one kid will say $100. Another kid will say $1,000. And I heard it so many times that I knew what the third kid was going to say. So I click on the PowerPoint. And I put the on future. Dr. Evil, I think is the name from Austin Powers. One million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> but the difference in tax, one cent. Mm. To sit in the balcony was three cents tax. The main area was two cents. So this is all over a penny. penny. Wow. And when she fought it in court, she lost. She oh. wasn't pardoned until 2010 when she passed away. But now she's on the $10 bill. But I love that story because mm. it's a great story. Like, what kid doesn't love going to the movies? Mm -hmm. So when I start talking about the movies and getting popcorn yeah. Yeah. and for kids that don't really understand what racism is, clicks in their mm. mind that there was a time where being black meant you couldn't have a seat at a movie theater. Mm -hmm. You had to sit somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And it means a lot to me because that's where my aunt and uncle are from, the ones mm. that are at my house right now. They're from New Glasgow. Yeah. This happened in New Glasgow. I've been in that movie theater. Wow. Except that movie theater was now a club, a bar. Okay. And before they come down to the main area, they take everybody up to the balcony because it's smaller. They want to pack that. But um, you just think of like when I was 20 years old, I didn't realize the significance of this location. But um, now I do. Amazing. Wow. That's a great story. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, sad like, yeah, but, yeah sure. I, I just so just want to name that but but what what a, what a powerful way for everyone to connect and get that man oh and just to add on yeah. to that is that's the first part of the story 
I don't tell the whole story the first time. But when I go back to a school, they'll know who Viola Desmond is. Yeah. But I say, why was Viola Desmond there? So when I go back to a school and I talk about Viola Desmond, I say, Jamie, why was she at that movie theater? Mm. She was there because she was driving from Halifax to Sydney, five-hour drive. The Glasgow's halfway. Her car broke down. Mm. But why is this black woman traveling by herself? She's an entrepreneur. She was selling beauty supplies. Well, that's why she was doing it. How many black female entrepreneurs were there in the 1940s? Yeah. And when she went to beauty school, she sold beauty supplies, she couldn't go to school in Halifax mm. because she was black. So she went to school in New York mm. and she learned from Madam C.J. Walker, mm. the first black female millionaire. Mm. And not only did she come back and not just be a stylist, which is great, mm -hmm. but she became an owner. Mm. And she started a beauty kind of college to train beauticians, to help more black women become stylists mm. and had the line of her own products. So a lot of times we compartmentalize things. Mm. There's a new um, documentary on Rosa Parks. Because when people talk about Rosa Parks, what, did she just say one day, ah, I'm gonna sit at the front of the bus. And that's all we mm -hmm. talk about Rosa Parks. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more to her, yeah. and there's a lot more to Viola Desmond, and there's a lot more to Martin Luther King than just saying, I have a dream. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm wondering, any um, recommendations for people that want to learn more about Canadian Black mm. history? Because I think, yeah, that, sure. that, yeah, like, I, I, I'm intrigued. There's a great book called yeah. Black Ice, Okay, and it's about Black hockey players, because a Black person from Nova Scotia, yeah. Eddie Martin, is credited with creating the slap shot. And you never think a black person did that. That's great. And then the colored hockey league happened 22 years before the NHL mm. there. So it's a great wow. book because while it's talking about hockey, it talks about other things like Africville, a black community in Halifax. Um, it talks about the civil war and how that's how black people came up is they were granted land as, as a black loyalists. And so it touches on so many different aspects of, of black Canadian culture and uh, history. So I definitely- Black ice, yeah, black absolutely. Ice. absolutely. And there's gonna be a movie um, named after it. It premiered at TIFF. Really? So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that yeah, too. Yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, and, and I'm so grateful for this conversation because it just reminds me that one of the things that I can do is, is to study some black history, yeah. to read some of these books. And it just, it opens up our eyes to what's happened, not just in the States, but here in Canada as well. Both, both like- yeah heroes uh, for sure but also just some of the challenges that we've been through and the change we need Definitely. to bring and yeah 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 because yeah. people after um you know george floyd and black lives matter i was getting asked to speak at churches or yeah even on zoom and, and people would say like what can we do mm -hmm. because people use the word ally which is a great word in theory mm -hmm. but how do you apply it mm -hmm. and i always say you know you can support independent businesses mm -hmm. you know like there's a black bookstore downtown Toronto called a different book list. Mm. So instead of just buying something on Amazon, which I'm guilty of, mm -hmm. but go and buy a, a book by a black author yeah. and, and you're supporting a black business or support a Jamaican restaurant or, yeah. or but Absolutely. I think economics is a big thing, um, especially during COVID with these businesses that, yeah. that you can support. And while you're at that bookstore or at, the Jamaican place, 
have a talk yeah. with someone. Yeah. And you don't have to talk about how does it feel to yeah. be black. No. But you just hear their stories. Yeah. And just be conversational in it. And I think you can learn a lot that way. Yeah, love it, man. Love it. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really. Oh, uh, what are some of the other messages mm. that you are offering that you're working on that are really important to you today as far as working with young people? Mm. Yeah. Before we started, we were talking about a chapter in my book yeah. called Feel the Dreams. And for those who haven't seen the movie, you know, if you build it, they will come. And that's a great idea. But I've learned in my career in watching others that that's just one step. Mm -hmm. So as we were speaking, it's great to have faith. Mm -hmm. I believe in faith, but I believe in applied faith. Mm -hmm. Not just praying, but praying and working mm -hmm. towards your goals. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the key messages I tell kids. It's, it's great you have a dream, but you have to have a plan behind that. And you have to work hard at it every single day. Mm -hmm. And so I might tell a story about studying for a test, but really what I'm saying is build up habits mm. because when you have habits, you have discipline mm. and that consistent action of working hard at something every day. Cause I remember um, there's an old school rapper thrust from Canada and he had a quote in a magazine that I'll never forget. I don't know exactly what he said, but mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll never forget. The, <laughs> the well, just, it's, yeah. it's like Maya Angelou says, you know, people might not remember what you say. It's about how you feel. Mm. But he was basically like, I'll tell you this about the music business. As long as you hang in there, you will have some kind of success. Mm -hmm. And when I was starting out, just hearing that mm. meant a lot to me because when I started out, you know, the dream was a big record deal, mm. fancy car. Yeah. Um, but as I progressed, I realized that there's a lot more to what being successful is. Mm -hmm. And so being able to speak in front of hundreds of kids every day, mm. um, being able to perform my songs and, and release music and, and do all these things and travel the world, that's an incredible you know, gift that mm -hmm. I, I've been able to take part of it. But it's, it is a responsibility that I want to deliver on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, as you're talking, it seems to me, in order for you to get where you are today and keep doing it, mm. you've had to you've had to live out what you're talking about. Yeah. Be disciplined. Keep yeah. working. Keep reaching out. Keep extending yourself. Keep working on your talks and your show. Yeah. You know, yeah, stories and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, awesome. Um, what What are some of your actually? Before we go, I want off on, on the next question, which is hopes and dreams for the future. Sure. Just do want to show people this is the book that you're talking about um, on this grind. Yeah. Recently uh, published, the COVID yeah. book, which is awesome. COVID book. Um, yeah. Any Any just you know summary of what the book's about. Uh, just want to encourage people to pick it up, check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Life lessons learned from the music business. Wow. I wrote the book for high school students that are wondering: Should I go to college, university? maybe take a gap Beautiful. year. Uh, I wrote it for university students. I wrote it for entrepreneurs that are trying to get their business off the ground. I wrote it for artists that are trying to advance their career and wondering how do I do it in this age of streaming where I'm getting paid 0. 0.0001 cents on Spotify. So while I'm talking about the music business, I think the lessons are, are universal for mm. wherever you are in life. Mm-hmm. Mm. Awesome. Well, I said, I can't wait to check this yeah. out. And uh, yeah, I wish uh, 
this would be a good gift to a bunch of people who I know. So oh, I might, cool. might, might be a colony to get a few if I could. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when you think of what's next, uh, deal for, for you, for your, for your business, for your work, for your, uh, I, I see it almost as a ministry, really, mm. the way you're, you're connecting with young people and helping mm-hmm. them build up their life. And what, what are, what are some of your hopes for, for, for that, for the future? What's next for, for you? You know, I used to, well, I still have my five and 10 year old goals, but the more that I do this, the more I just realize I just want to be consistent mm. in the things that I'm doing. Nice. So what's next for me is it's going to be Black History Month. So oh. I will be touring schools across the GTA, but I'm also doing a residency at the Michael J. Fox Theater in Vancouver next month. So I love being able to talk Black History in January mm. to kids from Vancouver. Nice. And then um, I'll be going over to the Netherlands in May and France in June. Amazing. And, um, continuing to tour and continuing to release music. And, and I love collaboration. So my latest music project is a folk project where I'm working with a folk artist from Cape Breton, 23-year-old indigenous fiddle player. Cool. And, um, you know, I never would have thought that I'd be doing stuff like that. Yeah. But I always tell artists, you know, go with what's natural in your career. Don't try to force something. Mm. I'm 44 years old. I'm not trying to compete with a 21-year-old rapper. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, go do your thing. I'm not trying to change and say, oh, this is the newest style. Yeah. I got to do that. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm, I'm going to do my style. Yeah. I'm going to do my lane. And I think uh, that's an important thing for artists to know is it's really about mastering your niche. Yeah. And um, my program is called Stay Driven. And one of my songs is called No Traffic hmm. because when you're in your own lane, no traffic. Mm, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I I just love the way you roll. I love. Thank you. Yeah. No. Really, man. And and uh, it seems to me that there's such a depth to you, Dwayne. That you. Yeah. I I just feel a guy that's comfortable with who he is and mm-hmm. open to whatever the world God's going to bring next in, into your mm-hmm. life. Um, feels like faith underneath all that. You should yeah. have a background. How how does faith impact who you are and and what you do? Uh, I remember. When I was on my rap mission, mm. being a rapper, I always thought Atlanta was my place. Okay. I had to be in Atlanta. So I just decided to go to Atlanta. I had a friend living there. She said I could stay at her condo for a week. And uh, I'm eating breakfast at a diner and reading the newspaper. And there's a whole section called Hip Hop and God. And so it was at Morehouse University. And my dad loves Morehouse for some reason. It's a black college, but he's always like, son, go get me a t-shirt from Morehouse or give me a hat. Nice. So I was like, I'm going to Morehouse anyways. How about I go check this thing out? Uh, Cause Curtis Blow is on it. And Curtis Blow is known as one of the original rappers and um, from New York. And so I go and listen to this. Afterwards I go up and I speak to Curtis Blow for a second, but I also speak to Tim Holder, mm. Reverend Timothy Holder. And he's a robust Southern man. Okay living in the Bronx <laughs> and a larger than life personality yeah. to say the least. But through that conversation, he's basically like, yo, we'd love to have you sometime mm-hmm. in New York. And we stayed in touch and he invited me down to New York and I stayed in the rectory and I did some, I didn't know what he was going to get me to do, but I just rapped a little bit. Wow. And um, I ended up touring this collective and we even, I contributed to the hip hop Bible. And there was a part of me that 
would always say, like, I'm not a Christian. Mm. There were Christian rappers that we were with. They were great. I'm not a Christian rapper. But he said something to me that always stuck out. Mm. And he said, I said this. Mm. But I guess I said, you don't have to talk about God to show that you believe in God. Mm. And that meant a lot to me because here mm. I am working with 15-year-old kids, yeah. mostly from the inner city. Some of those kids, grandma, their mother's dragging them to church. Now that I'm there, they're like, that was a church. That was cool. Mm -hmm. You know what? I don't mind being a church. Mm. And I realized that that's really one of the powers of ministry is I didn't have to sit with these 15-year-olds and recite yeah. verses. Just being around them and just hanging out with them, I was doing God's work. Mm. And so that's why, you know, I love doing what I'm doing, like, is, is to be able to do that. Like, and there's countless times where I've just realized, like, yeah, I don't have to be a Christian rapper and say God in all my songs to be really spreading that message. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. totally. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I can say seriously, because God is so much bigger than yeah. a church building or, you know, the, the right words. God is in all of it and, yeah. and everything. My wife's a high school teacher, you know, and sometimes she'll say something like, oh, I wish, you know, I w wish I could do more ministry. And I was like, are you kidding me? I wish yeah. I'd go to high, your high school today right. and be with all these kids. Yeah. You're doing ministry every single day. God is reflected in you and working through you and just see that in you too, brother. Mm -hmm. Like so much, so grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you don't want to just give the message to everyone that believes. Already. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't want to preach to the choir. Yeah. You know, I believe like ministry is getting out and being uncomfortable and, and having those tougher conversations with the people that really need it yeah 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 and you can't be scared to do that no See, seems to me if you look at jesus life he did he did a little bit of that too yeah exactly <laughs> right? Precisely, like big right? time big time yeah. yeah awesome awesome i'm just gonna fix this part i don't know either i think these mics are good enough that they'll be picking them up yeah for sure, for sure. Yeah. i've got the same mic sure sm7b the Michael, oh, yeah, you know all the Michael Jackson mic. You recorded <laughs> Thriller using this mic. That's, a, that's really that's yeah. Great. That's great. Um, so just to close off, sure. uh, Dio, a uh, little little good news podcast, rapid fire here. Mm. If if we could, sure. What's the best thing going on in your in your home and your family these days? Spending time with my kids, having quality time with my kids is really important. They're Twelve and ten, and they love to cook. And so one of the things I like about cooking is doing it together, communally cooking, playing some music in the background. And we, we take turns. So my son will play something that he's listening to. My daughter will play something she likes. And then I'll play something. Nice. Usually a little old school. But I love when now my kids, they know who Michael Jackson is. Mm. But at the same time, I know who Olivia Rodrigo is. Cool. So having that uh, connection is really cool. Oh, I love it. Love it. What's the best thing going on in your, in your neighborhood, in your community? My community is having a really good relationship with my cousin Bronson, who mm. lives in Brampton. He used mm. to just live up the street from here. Mm -hmm. And so now that I've been living in Brampton, we get together almost every Sunday, and we just sit and talk and catch up. And uh, it's really cool being having that connection with him and uh, just some random people that I've met in the community and, and just talking to them. And uh, I mean, I was shoveling the snow for our Chinese-Jamaican uh, neighbor the other day, and Six months ago, he was in a home because he's older. Mm. He didn't like the home. 
So now he's back at his house. Mm. Beautiful. And I shoveled the snow, but then I came back out and he was shoveling some more. I was like, I'll take care of it. Like, and he kept on <laughs> shoveling and shoveling. But when I left today to come here, he was just pulling in his driveway as I'm pulling out. And he was just like, hey, brother, how you, how you doing? Nice. Because he still wants to shovel the snow, mm. but he appreciates that I would yeah. look out for him. Yeah. And uh, I see so many great community people mm. like that, mm -hmm. that uh, I've really enjoyed being mm. around you. Doesn't get better than that, eh? Just know, yeah. getting to know your neighbor and getting to know your loving neighbor. your neighbor and yeah. them loving you. That's exactly so cool. That's right. That's so cool. Uh, last one. Best thing going on in the world these days as you see it. Best thing going on in the world is the World Cup. Nice. I love the World Cup. My kids are like, it's every four years? I said, yeah. But I love the World Cup because it really brings everyone together. And I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I am when the World Cup's on. Because when I was in Dominican last week, I was able to text with my friend who lives in Croatia. Because Croatia won that big game. And, and then the Netherlands were on next. And I'm texting with my friend in the Netherlands. Cool. And, and just seeing you know, how people come together um, and then obviously that last game finale was just incredible. And so as much as I love football, American football, it's kind of a violent sport, mm. but there's something poetic about soccer. Mm. There's no violence and the gentleman's game. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and while the men are great, I mean, the women, yeah. it, it's such a high level that it's, I love watching women's soccer. Too. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, hey, um, how can people find you? How can people follow you? Um, certainly recommend the book on this yeah. grind. Check it out, friends. But uh, yeah, any, any other ways that people can can follow you and support what you're doing, uh, Dwayne? I am D.O. Gibson. Oh. I am D.O. Gibson. One of my chapters in the book is called Branding 101. Because hmm. I was in Atlanta <laughs> at a music conference, and one guy said, want me to tell you about branding? My name's T.J. Chapman. TJ's DJ's go on Twitter TJ's DJ's go on Instagram TJ's DJ's because there's so many times I've listened to a singer or a rapper do an interview and I'm driving mm -hmm. I'm listening to the radio how do we find you on Twitter um I'm a dope rapper 421 <laughs> how do I find you on uh, Instagram dope rapper how do I find you on your website Yo, holla at me, dope rapper. It's like, okay, I'm driving. Yeah. I'm not going to remember this is your Twitter, <laughs> this is your Instagram, this is your website. So yeah. an important thing I realized was I started out as D.O., yeah. just D.O., because when you walked into a CD store, you could find D.O. Mm. But now that things became Google, well, I didn't want to be doctor of uh, osteopathy. So yeah. then it was D.O. Gibson. But I am D.O. Gibson is something I could put on every format. Cool, cool. Well, check it out, everyone. Yeah. I am D.O. Gibson, and you will see some amazing stuff that Dwayne's doing. Thanks, Dwayne, so much for, for being a part of the, the podcast today. Just, just, again, really appreciate you and Thank love you. what you're doing and love the way that you're doing it. And love to say a prayer for you just as we, as we close here, if that's okay. Before we do the prayer, can yeah. I ask you one question? You sure can, yeah. I just figured I like to do a wrap-up, right? Yeah. So I wondered if you could give me Three different things. Three different things. Now, yeah. I know you're a spiritual man. You might just say faith, Jesus, um, <laughs> you know, like Joseph. And that's fine. But one of them's got to be fun. 
Okay. Because what I love about kids is the younger the kids, the better the topics. Some days I'm rapping about cheese. <laughs> some awesome. days I'm I'm rapping about unicorns. And then some days it's basketball. <laughs> this is great. So uh, okay, okay, three things. Okay, because um, I I I think that because of who you are and mm-hmm. what you're saying earlier, um, I don't need to say Jesus. I'm going to say right. Christmas. Oh, I think I like that's going to come up because of who yeah. you are and, and what you do. So I'll say Christmas, uh, basketball, mm. and candy. Gotcha. December twenty fifth. It's Christmas. Whenever I flipped it, you know that I'm gifted, gifted like Christmas, if you believe in. But one thing is that Jesus, Jesus is the reason for the season. They believe it. After all, when I dribble basketball, and you know that I'm a rapper, but my favorite team is the Toronto Raptors. Because if you believe, then you can't be beat. If you bet on yourself like Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, so you can see, sometimes I got candy, but more of the time I'm with my family. When I spit this rap, break it off like a Kit Kat, then I do a little, give you some Skittles, because when I go ahead and flip the beat, yeah, I got candy, but no, this ain't trick-or-treat. So anyways, when you get to me, you know I am, I am. D.O. Gibson. <laughs> That's awesome, buddy. Oh, yeah. That's so good. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank oh, you. for sure. That's awesome, man. So now, if you didn't want to already check out yeah. Dwayne's stuff, now you're going to want it for sure, man. Thanks, brother. Let me pray. Let me oh, pray. Yeah, oh, my you. goodness. Lord, thank you so much for the fun and the joy. I just love, love, love the way that you have um, built this beautiful man. And just continue to bless uh, D.O. in all that you have called him to do. Thank you for for his family, for his kids, for his parents, for uh, his his wider family, and, and just for neighbors who he continues to get to know and, and love, and they love him back. It's it's we're blessed. We're we're just so blessed. So we we thank you and praise you for all that, and uh, continue to to give um, Dwayne energy and joy in the beautiful work and ministry that you've called him to. Thank you for the the thousands of people that he that he impacts. Um, through through what you've called him to do. And just look forward to all that you'll do in the future as we move forward together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man. Awesome. Well, thanks uh, Thank so you. much, Dwayne, man. Love. I had a great love, time. Love you and what you're doing. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, for sure. And then, friends, thanks for being a part of our conversation, being part of the Good News Podcast family. God bless you and be with you. Hope to see you again real soon. Well, I told you there was a lot to this guy. Oh, my goodness. I, I just... I, I have fallen in love. I, I, I met uh, Dwayne at a conference um, a number of years ago. And it was funny, you just, I saw him doing his thing. Um, and, and I was just, I was, I was awed. I was inspired. I went and talked to him after. I said, I, I just love uh, not only what you do, but the way you do it, who, who clearly who you are. Isn't it cool how sometimes, in fact, most of the times, who someone is comes out in what they do and the way they do it. And that certainly is the case with Dwayne, with Dio. I, I hope you caught that. I'm sure you, I'm sure you did. Interesting, interesting that the, the way that his life has been, being a, a preacher's kid, 
um, gave him an opportunity to connect, uh, to connect with people, to be comfortable in, in, in just with different kinds of people, but also to hear uh, someone communicating his dad, who's a preacher, in a way that really inspired him, I think, and enabled him to, in part, to be who he is today. So, wow, just so grateful. Please, 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 please uh, take some action items out of this one. Get into some Canadian history. That book, Black Ice, I know I'm going to get it. Check it out. I can't wait. But yeah, there's lots of history in our country that we need to know about. It is one of the ways we often wonder, how can I, um, how can I work towards uh, equality? How can I try to, to overcome anti-Black racism? Well, you know what? Informing ourselves, educating ourselves. And I was really inspired today to, to be, again, more about that, to study our history here in Canada, to know where we've come from. That'll all be part of living into the future that God has in store for us. So friends, thanks again for being a part of this one. I'm going to go back and listen to this one again myself. You might want to as well, because there, there was so much in that one. Always good to be with you. God bless you and be with you. Hope to see you again real soon.